What's going on, everybody? Welcome to the Ring the Bell podcast. I am Christy Francesco, and joining me as always, and I really appreciate him coming on because another Cowboys start in about 10 minutes or so. Uh, Jason Kent, what's going on, man? Another beautiful week, Chris. You know, we just finished up the dub, so it was a good week. Good week for the Phillies, good week for uh, football's back, so can't really complain. Got to sit around and watch football all day. Yeah, I, I, I'm with you, man. I watched the Eagles at one, and then at, right at four ten, the Mariners started. The Mariners end on a great, just they they take two out of three against Atlanta, which is great for also Phillies fans as well to just yes. see Atlanta lose games. Um, just what a way to end! Uh, it was six two in the top of the ninth. The you know the number one bullpen in baseball, which is the Mariners, give up four straight runs off two homers by the by the uh, the Braves. Uh, they go up 7-6, bottom of the ninth. Uh, Julio Rodriguez hits the second of the day to tie the game at 7-7. And then Eugenio Suarez walks it off with his 30th home run of the year, his second of the game as well. So um, just insane um, watching that game. And then the Phillies just wrapped up winning 7-5, and they do exactly what we talked about, which was go 5-1 and one this week. Uh, the only game – uh, that we saw them lose was against uh, Miami, a six to five game, um, a pretty crazy week, man. Um, but the Phillies did exactly what we wanted them to do, what we thought that they should do, which was go five and one. We even said last week, if they go four and two, you'd almost be disappointed. Um, but no, uh, what did you think of this past week for the Phillies as we're in the stretch now of mid-September um, with about 20 games or so left to play. Um, how do you feel about this past week? Is that, I think it's exactly what they needed. You had uh, two teams that you should have beat on. They they won five. They had a shot to win six. Um, especially with this next schedule, the next uh, – I know we have Miami coming up, but after that it's, it's, it's going to be tough. And um, it's still – I think we're three and a half up on – Milwaukee, Milwaukee's probably okay right now. And yep. I just looked at their schedule earlier. They have a, a tough little stretch coming up, but then they have a lot of those teams that uh, good teams beat on. So uh, it was a big week. It was really uh, – it was big to win those games. You got yeah. to beat the teams you're supposed to beat, and they did that this week. Absolutely. Uh, also, a couple, you know, really good games this week um, out of Alec Bohm. Uh, Reese Hoskins looks like he might be getting that swagger back at the right time. Um, Bohm hits that basically game-winning two-run homer tonight uh, to, to give the Phillies that 7-5 win. Yeah. Um, and also, finally, after a little bit, Bryce Harper gets back on the home run train. Um, he's swinging the bat well. Uh, so, you know, realistically, man, this is normally when us Phillies fans are talking about Oh, okay. Why is everybody goes silent at this time of the year? That's not happening right now. Um, are you starting, Jason? I, look, I think it's a, I think it's a foregone conclusion. The Phillies are going to make the, they're going to make the playoffs. We're, we're going to have, yeah, the, you know, we're going to have postseason baseball finally in Philadelphia for the first time in over a decade. So, are, are how do you think this team is going to finish out these next few weeks? Like. You know, uh, obviously it's got to be balls to the wall. They got to win as many games as they possibly can. Um, how are you mentally with this team right now? The pitching, uh, the bullpen, they did give up some some runs this week. Um, the offense is clicking. Um, hoping, haven't heard anything on on uh, Cassiano's coming back, but the offense looks good. 
I think this. I think this week, uh, the next uh, two weeks, will tell us a lot about the team. You yeah. know what what they'll do in come October because we have we have good teams coming up. I'm I'm still optimistic about them. I still think I think they're going to make playoffs. I think we all like you said we all agree on that. Mm-hmm. I think these next few weeks will tell us if we can if we can make any noise. And um, it's tough now because we don't really with the with the Mets and the Braves kind of flip flopping back and forth who who will probably play that first round or and the because uh, I think the Cardinals are only like four and a half games behind them. Mm-hmm. So I think we got to get high. A lot of the guys are eating up. Like you said, Reese, Reese had a good week. Mm-hmm. JT's still hot. Yep. So it's encouraging. Bryce is still doing Bryce things. He fin- yep. Like you said, he finally hit a home run. Well, we talked about that Friday night. And then next night he like, passed on last night. So uh, it's encouraging. It's encouraging. I just, you know, can we hold out without Castellanos and Wheeler? Hopefully get yeah. some good starts from there. Where are you also with Rob Thompson's lineup changes? We've just been discussing for weeks that since we started this show that the Phillies are going to have to do something with this lineup, especially once Harper returned. Harper returns, and after about a week in that four-hole, he gets right back into that three-hole, which I expected them to do at some point. I think I said that a couple of weeks ago where I said at some point Thompson's going to move Harper back to three because that's just where he's comfortable. That's where he's best. Uh, but, you know, Boehm now in the fifth, in the five-hole, which I know you were not a fan of, but it worked out for them tonight. Um, but moving forward, how does the lineup you think is going to shake up, especially once Castellanos gets back? Where uh, You know, how do you think the lineup's going to shake up at that point? Uh-huh. Thompson said he has no real interest in moving moving Schwarber out of that one hole. So, outside of that, I, I like Bowman to three ahead of ahead of Harper because I think he's got a good bat. His bats being great bat this season and pitching or batting in front of Harper, he's going to see better pitches. Mm-hmm. Um, but like like we talked about, I think we talked about right, you know, almost every podcast with with a full healthy lineup, they have guys that can go from one to six and just you interchangeable. Mm-hmm. So I think it's where Bohm's comfortable. I don't know if Bohm was comfortable hitting top of that lineup, but he was most of the season, earlier this season, he was batting, you know, this is where he's batting. So yep. he's playing good. He's hitting good. I'm not really upset with him moving down as much as I'd like. I'd really, I still want to see Schwarber out of that one. Hole. I don't think he doesn't get on base enough. And the early, you know, the one, the one home run or the one RBI home runs are really, you know, they're nice once in a while, but, like, he only leads off once a game, really. Mm-hmm. We need to get guys on base in front of in front of our big hitters that get on base. We need, you know, put – Stott's been playing really well yeah. since the All-Star break. Gene gets on base. He, he hits. We need guys that are really – not so much the home run guys. I think move him down because he is the home run guy and mm-hmm. can hit the home runs when the guys are on base. I agree with you 100%. Um Upcoming now, we have three against Miami, three against Atlanta, all on the road uh, before coming home for six straight. Um, what are your expectations of this upcoming week? I know that, like we just talked about top of the show, the Braves go up and they lose two out of three in Seattle. Um, not sure where they're heading uh, right now. I'll, I mean, I'll have to find out while uh, we're talking here. But uh, what are your expectations for, for this week? They're going to San Francisco, and then they uh, play Philadelphia. So, I'm gonna go homerish. I'm thinking, I'm thinking a five and one week. I think, I think Whoa. we take, I think, 
I think we take care of Miami. Listen, I just when I've watched this now, the Braves. We haven't played the Braves in a while, and I know you know since what is it? Since June first, they are one of or May first. June first, one of the hottest hottest teams in baseball. Mm-hmm. But we we've played them tough all season. We're six and six against them this year. So mm-hmm. I, I don't I I see I'm much more looking a lot like watching them. I'd much rather I'm much more fearful of the Mets. I think the Braves we've like we said we played them tough. I think I think we get some. We got Nola pitching down there, or when they come here. So we got Nola pitching. I'm just mm-hmm. excited. I'm really excited. I think I think we get some wins this week. I really do. And it's it might be a little bit of overly optimism or optimism, but I think we I think we handle business this week. And I agree. I'm going to go five and oh, five and two, four and two, um, and I think it's one game against. Uh, Miami and then one game against Atlanta. But I, I think and by saying that, that means the Phillies win both series, which is the goal uh, of, of the rest of the season is to do that. Uh, so I'm looking forward uh, to this upcoming week. So before we get to all the other stuff that I know we want to talk about, uh, who was your Philly of the week? Uh, it's Reese. Reese just – he played well this week. It's got to be Reese. Yes, yeah, it's got to be Reese. It, it, to me, it was either Reese – or I'm gonna I was gonna give to Harper for hitting his first dinger being back, um, but yeah, Reese is swinging a really good bat. Um, and like we've talked about, man, if that guy could put it all together for more than half a season, I mean, you're you're looking at a 40 home run, 110 RBI guy. But the only thing I'm gonna say about Hoskins is that they got to do whatever they can to get him off of first base because he is an absolute butcher. Um, over there and it sucks because it alters my opinion of him and at the end of the day because i just can't stand how bad he is over there but um his bat is just so important and they they really need that down the stretch especially into october um all right so let's move forward and let's start with um the rule changes that that came down for major league baseball this past week um well let's kind of start with the big one that people have been talking about for a couple of years is the, the pitch timing, uh, something that's been tested in the minor leagues now for a couple of years. Uh, and this is what major league baseball, and these are the rule changes that are official for the 2023 season. Uh, the pitchers get 15 seconds when bases are empty, 20 seconds with runners on base. Uh, the hitter receives one timeout per plate appearance. Uh, and then they've said that the average uh, minor league nine inning game was reduced by at least 26 minutes from 2001 through 2022. Um, what were your thoughts on on the on the pitch uh, the pitching changes coming up for next year? I, I don't know how much I like them. I I never really thought there was a problem with the time of baseball. I don't I don't think the game's too long. When you're saying, oh, we want to bring more people in, so we want to shorten the game for people to – like, I don't think shortening the game is going to bring people in. Um, but I was – like I was like you said, 26 minutes, it's shortening in, in, in the minors. They also had the one uh, – they had also implemented the, the throwover. And they said that's significantly increased stolen uh, base attempts and mm-hmm. stolen base percentages. So yeah. with the – was it two throwovers, and after that third throwover, it's a balk if you don't get yep. them. Um, mm-hmm. It adds a little bit of extra strategy. It does. Yeah. I, I don't know if I agree with with speeding it up and putting it in there because I think there is a little bit of uh, mind game in there, kind of mm-hmm. you know, pitch your batter. But um, I, I agree. 
Uh, I'm, I'm with you. I mean, it, it definitely not only does it take time away, but it, it like you said, it adds more strategy, especially when it comes to pickoffs. Because when you, we, I mean, you you came over the other night on Friday and you watched the the Braves and Mariners game, and we even pointed out like how many pitchers just weakishly throw over to first base to waste time. Um, just hold them on, yeah. Exactly. So it's like, all right, come on. Like you, you, the, you lob the ball to first base. Clearly, you're not trying to keep them on. You're just you're just over there trying to maybe you're, you're having a timing issue with your catcher. So you just make a throw over to first to just burn more time. So I understand that to a point. Um, but again, these aren't changes to me that are going to draw new fans in like, Hey, did you hear about the new pitching rules? Yeah. I'm going to, I'm really going to be a casual. I'm going to really want to watch more baseball games <laughs> because now, you know, the hitter gets, you know, one timeout per plate appearance. So it's a, it's not really a big deal. Um, the second one was bigger bases, which I, I just don't understand. Uh, first, second, <laughs> and third went from 15 uh, square inches to 18 square. Uh, you know, the, apparently the bigger bases are expected to have a, a, a more, you know, um, positive impact on player safety. Yeah. My issue with this has always been stop sliding headfirst all the time. I mean, it's a, it's a, it's an epidemic in Major League Baseball where these guys are sliding headfirst into things, especially um, in the first base. Like, isn't yeah, that's I, that's one on one? They never don't ever slide, and it seems like that's where most of them. There's a couple people injured this year sliding sliding headfirst in the first base. What, what yeah, are we doing? It, it doesn't make any sense to me, but um, whatever. I mean, I, I, that's something they've been talking about for a few years, so I was expecting that to come through. Now, here's the big one, the one that's been discussed for a decade now. That's finally being altered i guess in a way and that is the new shift restrictions uh two infielders must be positioned on either side of second base when the pitch is released all four infielders must have both feet within the infield dirt when the pitcher is on the rubber so that means no infield anymore can just sit out in right field or you know right center field uh, like you see now with with uh, with the shift and you had a ground ball into left field or right field and you know, there's a second baseman or shortstop making the making the play. So, um, what were your thoughts on the shift restrictions? I hate it, and I think <laughs> I just I I have a buddy who's like, well, yeah, yeah, we you got to ban the shift. It's ridiculous. You know how many more hits Ryan Howard would have had? Like, yeah. You know how many more hits he would have if you just slapped the ball the other way? I agree. Like, just I agree. learn how to hit. I, I don't understand, but like, I know they're. I think they're. My, my thought is they want to do it because they want to get more offense in the game. Because mm-hmm. it's not – there was – back, you know, when we were growing up, there was a lot more runs scored. And yeah. that shift is really – what is analytics? You hit home runs, it gets you runs. And nobody knows how – you don't have the Tony Gwynns out there anymore. No. Ricky Hendersons that are just, you know, hitting no, – understand how to hit. Yeah, Ichiro. Like, you don't have those guys. Race. Yeah. So, I just – I hate it. It's, you know, will it help a team like us that has a, a lot of players that are shifted? Mm-hmm. Yeah, probably we'll they'll get some more hits and then those averages will go up. But I just as a whole, I think if you know you're you're a professional hitter, and I'm sure it's much more difficult than just slapping the ball the other way. Oh, right, yeah. <laughs> but come on, you you got you got there. Don't just you know learn learn how to hit. Learn throw a bunt down. You know learn mm-hmm. just smack it the other way. You gotta you gotta do other things than just say oh we're not going to let him shift because this guy hits the ball you know, 70% of the time up the middle. So that's not, you're not allowed to guard up the middle. Like, come on. It's ridiculous. I, I, I agree a thousand percent. Um, uh, and, you know, and I've actually been one of those people that you can find on social media complaining about the shift probably once a week uh, in terms of stop complaining about it. Uh, you know, 
uh, it, it makes me laugh when people try to justify when a guy like Carlos Santana is batting 197 and they say, well, he's been the most shifted player since like 2015. All right. That tells me that since 2015, this suck ass hasn't learned to hit the ball opposite field. Yeah. That, that, that's all it tells me. It just provides an excuse for hitters not to learn how to hit. And it's so weird to say that about major league baseball players. Well, that's why uh, I even left. I sent you, I sent you the, the, the tweet or whatever is, I don't know if it's a joke or it's real, but the Ryan Howard thing is like, Oh, they're getting rid of the shift. Maybe I'll come back one more year. Like maybe you would have been a better player if you hit the ball the other way a little bit. Yeah. Like right. his it rookie was- season, two first two years, the dude was over 300 and then, you know, two, two fifty. Yeah. We, so, uh, especially that was a, a real like tweet. Schwarber. So yeah, a guy like Schwarber is, de- is going to definitely benefit from it, but I just, yeah, I find it horrific that you're basically saying you're not good at something, so we're going to stop other teams from stopping you. So Yeah, yeah. Um, all right, so let me also kind of get into something that you want to talk about so I can give you the stage for this one. Um, you know, we've been talking about how just how amazing the Braves organization has set themselves up for success for the next near decade probably uh, of being in that discussion of, of you know, not only just division contenders, but World Series contenders. Uh, they won the World Series last year. Um, you know, their average age is like 25, and they're all locked up for long-term deals. Oh, um, so, you, and we talk about the draft success of this team. Um, kind of go into, you know, how they've done it, and then kind of go into what chaps your ass about it, especially when it comes to the Phillies and other teams. It's, man, I don't know what they what they pay scouting, but it and it's not even just it's not even just the draft. It's the international players too, and I think there's a few a few clubs that are really really good. And and when I when you look, I, we were talking about earlier this week the Braves. You know, Austin Riley, kids, he's 25 years old. He's having mm-hmm. another. You know, if it wasn't for for Goldie, he'd definitely be in that top two for uh, MVP discussion. Mm-hmm. 10 years, 212 million, tw- 21 million a year for a dude that's got, he's got 35 home runs this year, batting over 300. Acuna is locked up. This is the most ridiculous to you. Yeah. What, the eight years, 106, uh, yeah, 8168, 24. Mm-hmm. They just signed the Michael Harris kid that brought up for yep. eight years, 72. Yep. Albies, who's hurt right now, is locked up. Swanson, mm-hmm. it's, and it's not like they're egregious deals. No. A lot of these guys are only getting, you know, anywhere between 21 and 5 million right now. Mm-hmm. So you have a guy like Swanson who's probably, it is his contract year. He's probably going to get paid. And then you just look at their, their pitching staff. Like all these guys are, are drafted or international. And, and in Swanson's case and Max Reed's case, they all were traded for before they became major league players. Right. So it's not like, so man, it just, it really, it's, it hurts. It does. And that's not my word. When, I, when you look at, at Atlanta, who just – it's not like they're the Houston Astros when we were, you know, 15 years ago when they're just finishing last place and accumulating number one overall picks and getting mm-hmm. the best player in the draft. They're doing it all over the draft board, international signings, trading for these guys. So it just – it hurts when you see other teams. And then you have Tampa Bay, who's payroll – they show they showed a stat anywhere between like 25th and last, and they've been a top seven team in all of baseball on record the last between seven and two in the last in the last five years. And then teams like the Dodgers, and mm-hmm. it, it's not always that 
they'll pan out because we've seen a lot of top prospects not pan out. But it's mm-hmm. more now you lose a a, a Freeman, yeah. yeah, and you have guys to throw at Matt Olson and bring him in and sign him for a long deal. Mm-hmm. And so when a lot of people say, you know, it's you know talent doesn't always equal you know wins. In the those guys though they can get you the players you need and you Agreed. can trade for them and it's tough because when they sign they all these guys they signed are twenty five and younger mm-hmm. so it's it's the one time we try to do it Scott Kingery we get <laughs> it's, we get nothing so I don't I don't know where it is but I, I do like we brought in uh, what and, uh, the assistant GM from Tampa mm-hmm. who kind of saw how they draft so to me it's. And they've never drafted well. They've, yeah. You know, they had the early 2000s where they got lucky and fell into some stuff. And mm-hmm. all those guys hit. But traditionally, this has been a team that just doesn't draft well. They don't sign international prospects. Nope. It's tough. So, yeah. Nope. I, it's Man, I love – you know, as much as I hate the Braves, I love seeing what they do to develop their talent. It's incredible. It really is. Um, and I, I'm right there with you, man. It's really frustrating. It's really hard. To, to watch a team in your own division, even for a while, for a while, the nationals were looked at as a team that did the same thing um, where they were able to draft a developed town or trade for drafted talent that were already maybe like single or double a players, but they developed them into all-star type players or just everyday starters. Like that's what, that's what you do. I'm not, we're not sitting here trying to say that the Phillies should their next eight draft picks get seven starters. That's not how it works. I mean, when you see, players traded there's always prospects in the deal a lot of times they're just double a talent that are like 20 21 years old 22 it's up to the phillies that team uh, you know assuming that player hey let's develop him into an everyday player the phillies can't do that and it's 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 a been a problem for 20 years now since they they drafted the jimmy rollins the hamels the utleys and the howards you know it's it's been a really tough thing. But when you see other teams doing it, it's like, okay, well, when are the Phillies going to realize this is something we may need to do instead of spending $225 million on a roster every year? It's just not conducive to a winning environment, um, especially with the way the league is going. So I, I agree with you. You see, I think we baseball America or, or yeah, MLB pipeline Dodgers are, right now running away with the national league almost. And it's, they have five or six guys down in the ranks. I think there's five guys rated in the top hundred prospects. Mm-hmm. Now are all of those going to come up and see time? Definitely not. But they, if you look through the last five years, and I know they've only won world series in the, in that shortened season, but they've traded away so many guys and gotten so much talent that is just flowing through their major league roster. You know, it is sad to see them not win as much, but it's that's that's the big thing. That's it gets you. They can provide you talent, especially mm-hmm. for a good team like they are now. When you have the minor league system and you draft well and you sign those international prospects that the Phillies just seem to never want to go after. When they throw big money at the who was it the Jalen Ortiz? You see a guy yeah. like uh, who was it? Uh, Vlad, I think Vlad's kid got signed for much less that year, and they're throwing yeah. four million dollars at a guy that can't even be a top ten prospect in your organization. Let alone baseball. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, oh, you're so yeah. right, man. You're right. It, it does. 
Jason gets like visibly like angry about it. It's funny. Um, all right. So the last thing we'll talk about here before we wrap up is the MVP race for the American League is unlike anything we might have seen in a long time. Um, you have Aaron Judge, who's, you know, most likely going to break the Yankees home run record of 61 set by Roger Maris. Um, and then you got Shohei Otani, who, again, for the third straight season is doing things that we've never seen since babe ruth but you know over the last hundred years we just haven't seen this kind of dominance by you know a a baseball player from you know that pitches and hits it's just it's 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 like a once in a lifetime type thing babe ruth was once in a lifetime and we're seeing shohei hutani who might be a once in a lifetime for us so um but you look at aaron judge man he's got 155 hits 55 homers 120 ribbies he's also got 16 stolen bases He's batting 307. His OPS is almost 1-1. Man, look, you know, he's probably, I'm assuming he's going to get to like 65 homers, 135 RBIs. Um, Pitchers just keep pitching to him. I mean, his last last seven days, he's batting 450 with two home runs. His last month, he's batting 400 with six home runs. Um, I'm sorry, his last two weeks. Like, it's, he just doesn't stop. And... But then you go to the other side, man. Shohei Otani is, you know, he's 12 and 8. I mean, he's on an awful team, but he's got a 2.5 ERA, um, 140 innings, um, 188 strikeouts with a whip almost under one. Um, and then you go to the batting aspect. It's it's insane. His, and then his hitting this year. Um, I'm trying to find his hitting. I just had – oh, that's it's right. Not- yeah, it's not. I'm sorry. Um, he's played 135 games. He has 23 doubles, 34 homers, 88 RBIs. Um, he's batting 266, but I mean, he's still getting on base at about 355. But you just got to account that pitching. Who's your MVP right now? For, for me, I really. I have to go with the guy because we've never we've never seen this before. And even yeah. in Babe Ruth's time, Babe Ruth never was hitting you know, 30 home runs a year and striking out 188 guys, getting 12 wins with that with that ERA and that whip. So to me, just it's hard to put it into perspective what we're watching because we've you've literally never seen this. And mm-hmm. I think that's what's going to have a hard time with the voters because I think we've all just seen it in the past. You know, MVP is traditionally a home run award. If you have a guy that's got it, you know, he's got a good average, you get a guy that's hitting – decent and Mm -hmm. has you know 40 50 home runs 120 rbis that's the guy that's going to get it but to me like i think it's more impressive this season he's not having the offensive season he was having last year but his pitching stats for shohei have improved and it's Mm -hmm. insane to think they've improved and it's insane to think that this dude is is getting better on both sides so it's do you try to pigeon him whole pigeonhole him into hitting or pitching, but the dude could be, you know, the key could, he's got Cy Young stuff mm-hmm. with, it's just, it's amazing to watch. And it's insane to really think we're able to witness things, some in a sport that's been around for over a hundred years. Mm-hmm. That's literally never been done before. It's yeah, gotta be showing it for me. Yeah. I mean, look, and, and the, the war numbers also favor, 
uh, Aaron Judge. I still think Aaron Judge is going to get it because, and you and I have talked about this, the the voters of MVPs are kind of archaic for the most part, where they only look at home runs and RBIs. Look, taking uh, obviously the 55 home runs right now and the 120 RBIs is great, but he's also an over 300 hitter. His OPS is over a thousand, so he's he's doing everything right. right. And he's yeah. and, and he's a plus defender. He's a good defensive outfielder. I do um, think he will win. I will preface that. Yes, like I know. I think show. I think Shohei should. I do think Judge at the end of the day is going to win. But yeah, I, I agree. I think Shohei oh. should, but I would still. Uh, it's. Uh, I think it's going to go to Judge. And also, I want to give credit to Judge. I mean, I hate the Yankees. I like Aaron Judge. Massive, massive kudos to Aaron Judge betting on himself this year. And saying, you know, screw you to the Yankees. You didn't want to pay me what I'm worth. I'm going to go break your home run record and probably win the MVP. I so, do think a lot of people always thought, like, when you look at Judge in his career, he's always been, since he's come up, he's been a guy that you said, like, one of those, if he stays healthy, what can he do? Like Giancarlo yeah. Stanton. Mm-hmm. When he's Stanton for, like, if they're healthy for a season, and Judge has put, what, one of five players to ever have two 50 home run seasons, yeah. and he, he, he might – he might break that break 61 mm-hmm. so it's it's impressive it's very very impressive and it's, uh, i don't want to take anything away from him because you know you have we haven't seen 50 home runs since what like 07 08 yeah 09 it's been it's been a very very long time since we've seen this type of home run performance but it's it's hats off to just i gotta imagine it's easier going out there day in day out knowing what you're doing Mm-hmm. As opposed to I'm I gotta go study I'm gonna go hit you know four days a week and I'm gonna go dominate on the mound the other day like You're right. it's just impressive it's diff- to see. To, he's a different mental human being like it's it takes it's unbelievable he's a super athlete so good and, and I agree with you in terms of Otani uh, also right before we get out of here congrats on Pujols six ninety seven today. He passed. Uh, he fully passes uh, Alex Rodriguez uh, on the home run, the all-time home run list. So um, I'm pretty sure within the next two weeks, I'm hoping we're going to see uh, 700 home runs, and then obviously we'll talk right. about that. I love um, to see. I know. I, I'm really excited for it. Um, all right, Jay, man, thank you so much for hopping on next week. I'm sure we'll have a lot more to talk about as well as we get closer and closer to October. Uh, thanks a lot for hopping on, man. Now get off and go watch your Cowboys. Thank you. Thank you again for having me, my man. Thank Absolutely. You Thank you. I really enjoy the show. I really, really love doing it. You know? Yeah, it's it's. I get excited for it every Sunday, so I appreciate it. Uh, this is the Ring the Bell podcast. I'm Christy Francesco. That's Jason Kent. We hope you guys have a great week coming up, and we'll talk to you all next weekend. And have a good one, and we'll catch you guys down the road. Bye-bye.